Welcome back to the next episode of Perspectives with Jeremiah Stevenson, and I'm your host, Jeremiah Stevenson. Um, I don't have any updates like I did in the last episode, so as always, we're just going to jump right on into it. Today we have Lane Silva. Lane, you are a... what are you? Give us some... what do you do? Um, an aspiring career musician. <laughs> <laughs> inspiring, but has completed several things. So you're already kind of there. You're continuing on your way there. I'm doing like some things, there. but I'm trying to keep keep moving forward. Nice. Um, yeah. I like um, the hum- humility. Yeah. I don't know about that. Um, <laughs> so uh, primarily at the moment, I'm a private music instructor. Okay. Um, that's most of what I do, but I obviously play in bands um, and have been dabbling in the world of composition for music for film. Nice. So that's that's been... Um, those th- three categories are probably most of what I spend my time with gotcha uh and you are the head of good fires the band Mm -hmm. uh earlier in the series i think episode three we had tim dunkard on oh yeah which is pretty (laughs) sweet uh and since that you guys have released an album this year Mm -hmm. what is the name of that album it's everyone you love will be there uh we released it this summer um and yeah it was it was really cool i actually did all the engineering and recording and stuff like that for that so um we'll jump back to that that, yeah that's gonna be a portion of it okay okay uh so let's start off with who are you and what is your story um the long version uh we can do a 15 minute 20 (laughs) minute version (laughs) um well originally from brunswick georgia um i grew up there and and i feel like i don't really I mean, other than like, you know, small specific things, I feel like I was just a kid until I was like 10. And I thought that's (laughs) when I kind of became more of like a person. Yeah. Um, And that's when I started playing piano. Um, I had begged my mom for like a year to play less or to take lessons. And she was like, well, I didn't think you'd really stick with it, but you asked for like a year. So, Mm. so that's when I started playing music. That's, and I think that was kind of the time where like I actually started listening to music. Gotcha. Um, Which is why I mentioned that it's like sort of this big milestone in my life is um and and then from there um i started playing guitar when i was 12 and by the time i was like 14 or 15 i i knew i wanted to pursue music as like a career Mm -hmm. um i didn't really quite know how i was still learning i think at that point i was really interested in like studio work and like recording and stuff but um and at that point even i was considering like music school but but as i got older i kind of was scared of that idea um kind of discouraged. I mean, like a lot of people were like, yeah, I don't know. Like that's cool or whatever, but you can't really get a job. And I was like, you know, 16 year old me is like, I don't even know what that means. Like, (laughs) so, uh, what is this thing? Yeah. And, um, but uh, another big moment, I think in my, uh, big milestone moment in my life is, um, when I was 16, I think I had just started driving. Um, my mom had a longtime friend and coworker named Laura. And, and Laura's husband is Mike. And uh, Mike had some old recording equipment um, that he had received from his brother-in-law, Paul. So Mike, had, I guess, had all this stuff. And, and he had, like, all the fun he was going to have with it, I guess. And, and he was like, well, you know, you're doing music stuff. You should take it. All you have to do is come pick it up from my house. So I went over there, and um, he gave me, like, literally... Um, like pretty much a miniature studio worth of equipment. Wow. Um, I had everything I needed to record nice. uh, music. And and that's when I started. Like I remember that night I got home, I set it all up and there was some manuals for everything. And I just sat there trying to like learn. I mean, yeah. it was like very archaic. I had like this, I still have it. It's actually on my desk right now. Nice. Um, it's a, 
digital multi-tracker so it's like a little mixer <laughs> and it has like a built-in hard like a like a hard drive that nice. records everything you can burn cds on it and everything oh, do you still use it uh i do um not for recording as much okay. um but i do use it as a mixer for things and then um I actually do want to experiment with like recording on it because I feel like it would probably have some artifacts like sonically, but yeah, yeah. we'll get there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and um, that was like really, that was really huge. I mean, very lucky that Mike was like, "Hey, you should have it." I mean, yeah, I mean, take it. <laughs> very random. I mean, because you know, I, I'd grown up knowing them and stuff, but it it, it was just um such a crazy moment and it's a moment that like i feel like really shifted my life mm -hmm. um because um a, a few years later um i i had at this point bought my my uh my first computer that i was doing music on it was a macbook and i met paul um his name is paul bonimer and this is the guy who originally owned the, the, the studio equipment, equipment. Okay. yeah yeah i kind of skipped that part but he originally owned it um and i showed him what I had been doing. And he was like, you did this with my old shit. And I was like, yeah, I did. <laughs> He's like, all right, cool. You need to come to Atlanta and, and I'll, I'll come and, and you need to meet this guy, Mark. And I believe he mentioned Marshall, um, as well. And I was like, cool. Yeah. Uh, I love that. And he was like, yeah, these dudes are, they're, they're doing some cool stuff up there. Like you need to come hang out and learn. He's like, that would be perfect for you. Yeah. It's like, awesome. So like, some amount of time later, I'm on my way to Atlanta. Okay. Um, and I'm like on the way and I'm going to Mark's house. Mm -hmm. I don't know who Mark is. Yeah. I'm going to Mark's house. And how long, when was this from the time you got all of Paul's equipment? Was this a couple years two, later? Probably about two and a half. Okay. Yeah, I was like 18. Okay. Cool, I think. Cool, cool. Yeah. Maybe nine, uh, 18, I think. All right. So I'm, I'm driving to Atlanta and like halfway there, Paul calls me. He's like, Hey, man. I can't make it. I'm not going, but you should still go. And right. I was like, uh, okay. well, I'm like, I don't know this dude. Like yeah. I'm driving across the state to go stay at someone's house. I don't know. I was mm -hmm. like, that's spooky. Yeah. Like, and at that point I was like, I mean, I, I'm already I was younger than I am there. now. So I was like, <laughs> I have no idea what that'll be like. Weird. <laughs> um, but I get there and I meet Mark and this is another like huge moment, a uh, milestone in my life is yeah. I met Mark and uh, me and Mark hit it off immediately. And since then and to this day, Mark is still one of my best friends awesome. and someone I talk to regularly. Awesome. But on top of that, he's been a huge mentor for me. I mean, he has taught me most of everything I know mm -hmm. um, about recording. I mean, obviously, I've worked with uh, different people here and there. But, but the probably the most of my knowledge comes from Mark. And I mean, I think earlier, before I got here today, I called Mark and was picking his brain about something. Like, nice. Yeah, I mean, so like I talk to him all the time. But but from there, that's actually what inspired me to move to Atlanta. Gotcha. Um, was I I wanted to finish school. I wanted to go to a different school than coastal mm -hmm. and um, coastal coastal Georgia. Coastal Georgia. Uh, coastal CCGA. Georgia. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so was it still a two year college at that point? No, it was four oh, year. It was four, year? It was four okay. year when I got in. Okay, yeah. cool, cool. Um, it had just turned. Yeah, but but so I know that I I wanted to get out of there and and I I kind of wanted to uh, move forward with Mark doing studio work. Mm -hmm. Um, and at that time, that was more of a prospect than it ended up really being. Um, but so I kind of moved here mostly for that. And yeah. then I went to school. And um, and then from there, I started teaching, um, which was really great for my musicianship. Like, it, it helped me grow as a musician in ways. And then, I mean, through Mark, I mean, th that's one of the biggest things about how Mark had an impact on my life was, I mean, he he's the guy who got me set up teaching. Mm -hmm. And he... he um, 
used the network that he had to give me work. Yeah. And that's how I've been able to provide for myself and my family right now. Yeah. Um, so like a really huge moment uh, in my life. Nice. And so I love Mark deeply for that. Um, uh, let's jump back to like your childhood as, like, as a person. Okay. Like, who were you as a kid? Uh, man, I was, uh, as a little kid, I was an asshole. Um, <laughs> I used to like, <laughs> I used to like pinch and punch people oh really yeah i was mean damn when i was like four he used to cuss and stuff there's really? like yeah i have some really great stories of me like swearing as a child do you have one now yeah yeah um my favorite one i think was like i i might have been like between the ages of like four and six okay i some i maybe five and six somewhere around there but we were on a boat and i used to be scared of boats mm-hmm. um because the titanic like i was a kid when yeah, i saw that so, and that was oh, like saw kid? dude if that big boat sank <laughs> I'm on like a little ass boat. Like I thought, I thought I was gonna die. Yeah. And like we were out in like a river. I was like with my I was with my folks and um and like I guess some like dark clouds rolled in and like it like lightninged and thundered. Oh god. And I just turn around like tears in my eyes and I'm like I told y'all this was bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean just like just <laughs> like the the worst part was like I. I from all accounts, from what I can tell, like as a kid, I knew how to use them. Like, yeah, I was gonna say because that's like as a kid, that's really that's the perfect placement yeah, for that. Um, <laughs> another one that's real funny was like I, I was in I was in pre K and um, <laughs> I had like a lunchbox and I couldn't get it into my cubby hole. Okay, remember cubbies back? Yes, in, yeah, I dude, do. right? I absolutely remember yeah, cubbies. Nostalgia, um, <laughs> but I couldn't fit it in there. Um, because I'm bad at shapes. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I'm like trying to put it in there and the teacher's like, what are you doing? Yeah. And I'm like, this thing's about to piss me off. <laughs> at this point, I was like four. I mean, like, yeah. yeah. Um, so I don't know what was wrong with me. <laughs> Did you hear your parents cursing a lot growing up? I don't know about that. I think my parents were both pretty good. But I think overall, like, yeah, just, my, my extended family and everybody, like, just like, chicken, damn. <laughs> everyone, everyone kind of cusses in my, at my dad's side of the family more so. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but did you see yourself grow out of that? Like how to? Or did I did. You just I became like, like a huge goody goody. Okay. Like after third grade, especially. Like was there I, anything in particular that like pushed you towards being a goody goody? I don't know. I think I had like a weird like at some point this. I think I had this crazy sense of guilt that came up when I did wrong, mm. and, I, and I think it's because I was an ass. And I think one day I got in trouble, and you know, my I think my my parents have always been. Um, I, I think that they're empathetic and, and sympathetic people and so i think one day i did something bad and i think they explained it to me and i felt really bad about it yeah and i think that that kind of shifted um not to mention that like you know growing up with my parents they're they're pretty black and white mm-hmm. in terms of like um here's right and here's wrong yeah and here's what happens when you do right and here's what happens when you do wrong gotcha um and there's not really any mystery about like what's gonna <laughs> happen yeah yeah you, you know exactly like if you know if you do x this happens, this happens and yeah. it just does yeah and um and i think between all of that at some point i kind of and, and some of it's probably just growing up a little bit like yeah. you know when you mature as a kid like you i think i had a moment where i was like oh this is bad i don't want to do bad things mm-hmm. i, I want to be good um and so that, that kind of happened until I think I was in middle school when I kind of loosened up because, like, I didn't cuss for, like, a long time. Yeah. I probably stopped cussing in, like, I remember cussing in third grade with my friends, and then I, like, stopped. Like, I remember <laughs> feeling like, I'm not going to do that anymore. Like, that's bad. Yeah. And then, like, in sixth or seventh grade, I started again. What was your middle school and high school, high school years like? Uh, middle school was pretty cool. I went to a small uh, Catholic school. 
Um, Little Catholic children. Yeah, I was raised <laughs> in a Catholic school my yeah. whole life. Um, Saint Frederick Francis. Saint, Saint Francis. Yeah, okay. Saint Francis. Got you. Xavier. Saint Francis Xavier. Xavier. My middle name. Hey, yeah. Oh, let's oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Dang <laughs> Um, it, it was really cool. I mean, it, it was a really small school. My graduating class of eighth grade was all of eighteen kids. Oh wow. Yes, eighteen kids total. Um, and you know, it it was just a it was a small. I mean, just group. I mean, and it was kind of intimate in that way. Like yeah. everyone knew everyone. Um, Did y'all kind of like stay together over the years, or kind of? I mean, high school bit. was where definitely that was. I think the first time in my life where you kind of saw people like grow apart, mm-hmm. you know, and, and kind of like really go in different directions. Because being at St. Francis, like you're all together. Yeah. You know, so even like you know, even when you got older at St. Francis, it's like there wasn't like another class for your friend to end up in. And mm-hmm. maybe they ended up in honors English and you didn't see them for that period. But yeah, like, it was just one period. but there was a bunch of shared periods. So you eventually saw them anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. Um, but, but it was, it was just really cool. That's when I really started falling in love with music and, and guitar, especially. I actually had a music class at, at school mm-hmm. and me and, uh, <laughs> Cliff Bragdon and Mitch Kilroy. And oh, Mitch Kilroy? And yeah, he went Boy, there. I haven't heard that name in forever. Yeah, I man. used to work with that yeah, dude. Mitch, Mitch Kilroy. Oh, my god! And another kid we went to school named James Smith. Um, Wait, Mitch Kilroy. I'm thinking of another Mitch. I totally know that Mitch. Sorry, just got you, really excited. Thought of another Mitch. Oh, okay. This, like, backwoods, <laughs> skinny, redheaded Mitch. I used oh. to lifeguard with him, but Mitch Kilroy. Oh, We all yeah, know him. Yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why the hell yeah. my mind went there. It's all right. It goes, it happens like that. But, but, um. But we used to have this music class, and we would hang out and play guitar, and that's, I think, where I really started, like, I mean, we did that, I I think it was, I don't think it was every day. Maybe it was, actually, it was every day. We did that every day in the morning for, like, 50 minutes. Okay. We just got to get together and play guitar, and, you know, I mean, we were learning songs to try to play with each other, and Mm -hmm. that was, like, my first experience with, like, a band. We didn't have a drum or anything, but, like... That was my first time, like, having friends to play music with. And we got to do it at school, which nice. was, like, really cool because, um, I mean, that's just awesome. We had an opportunity to play. What were your musical influences at the time? Um, a lot of classic rock, a lot of, like, southern rock. Um, I was really big into Leonard Skinner. Uh, yeah. I still kind of am. I, they, they have a place in my heart. I yeah. think they're, in some ways, underrated. Really? Yeah. I mean, they're, they have three guitar players and... And I think it's pretty cool that that band doesn't sound like they have three guitar players. Because <laughs> those three guitar players knew how to play together and, yeah. instead of like, it never feels too crowded, hmm. which I feel like even playing with two can feel crowded. Yeah, yeah. So it's really, I think that's it's just a little tidbit for me. No, but, that's totally cool. But, yeah. but, but I, I, I learned a lot of like those songs, a lot of Led Zeppelin. So I had like a lot of classic rock that was really big. And then um, I think some of the stuff that I liked that was modern, um, I ended up not learning as much of because like i don't know some of the stuff i liked had different tunings mm-hmm. so like i didn't like tuning my guitar to different <laughs> tunings it just felt weird i could never make it sound right yeah so i just like to stay the standard okay um which i still do to this day <laughs> <laughs> um it's like 15 years later um but that was like a really cool um i don't know it, it, it was it was a different sort of thing for me um and yeah so that was my middle school so high school, what was your high school like, <clears throat> high school time? Um, let's talk about like who you were as a person at that time and struggles. Did you have any struggles? Yeah. And um, music, because I want to continue to keep music as a part of this entire thing, like how you grew with music. Uh, so high, high school was really cool. Um, you know, that was my first like divergence into like a public school. 
or divergent. I mean, I guess my first like entry, I rather is a better word. Um, cause I live in this, you know, this like small community of people. And so it was really cool to kind of get, get out of that and experience something new, um, which was really fun. And, and I, I think high school was awesome because I, I met more friends. That's where I started playing in a band my freshman year. I met a guy named Matt Mitchell, mm-hmm. um, who's still a good friend of mine. And, um, we started, he started playing drums with me and then me, Mitch, Cliff and Matt started a band. And, um, and, and I think it was a, I feel like that was like, um, a very passionate moment in my life, like ninth and 10th grade, especially. Um, cause like getting out of, getting out of like middle school, I was now in high school. And, and I think that like, I think my parents kind of changed a little bit of the way that they like treated me. Um, in terms of like, I kind of had, I think a little bit more freedom and, and especially like having met more friends that were, had similar interests and, and things I had in common, um, both musically and not, it was a really cool moment to like, I don't know, kind of develop as a person. I feel like I really kind of grew in in different ways there. Mm -hmm. Um, but I got to play a lot of music with my friends and I feel like I was getting, I feel like that was a moment where my skill set was developing quickly. Um, and one of the cool things that happened was like my first day of my freshman year, I walked back to St. Francis and got a job. Oh, wow. Like I actually like walked from school and like asked for a job and oh gave it gosh. to me. That's yeah. That's what's up. Um, so I was 14 and had a job nice. and I just started spending it on music stuff. Yeah. I mean, so since I was like 14, I mean, and a little bit before, but like, I mean, I had a job and I didn't do anything other than like play music and occasionally buy video games. Yes. So, like, that was when I kind of started buying pedals, which is now a huge part of my life. Oh, yes. <laughs> I've, seen I it would be. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen um, your setup. I've seen But, like, I would, I would do stuff like that. And, um, and, it, and it was really cool. Now, where my – I think where my high school career kind of shifted was um, once I started – by the time I started driving, I think I had kind of broken apart from some of my friends. Like, um, I think some of my friends just went in different directions – and like they got interested in other stuff, and at the same, t- at around that same time, I started dating a girl that, and I feel like that relationship was just kind of like a little constricting, mm-hmm. you know. Like I was young and or young and dumb, and like, you Please. know, I didn't really, I didn't really know what I was doing, yeah. you know? and so I think I made some mistakes there. Um, that in the moment were kind of stunting um, my growth, but I still, but but all that really happened was the way that I grew changed. So like, I wasn't playing with a band as much there and i think in some ways i i think at some point i don't actually recall and so guys i'm sorry but <laughs> i think at some point around there i got into like a spat with the guys i was playing in a band with really i think so i don't th- i don't really remember there being anything specific i think it was we, i think we just kind of stopped hanging out and then i think it just kind of fizzled into nothing and they were doing more cool stuff and i was not at yeah. the time but anyway around that like around the time I think I was a little older. I, I was writing a lot of music mm-hmm. and I started hanging out with um, Tim Dunker at, around my junior year and Chris. So I started hanging out with them more, uh, Chris Humphrey, um, and doing stuff with them. And I was playing a lot with them. We were doing some recording. And then by the time I was 18, I got my MacBook. So I think I was a senior, as after I graduated. And that's kind of when I started like just spending like bukus of time recording and writing. Right. Um, actually, when I was 18, from the time I was like 18 to like 20 um i wrote and recorded a whole album by oh, myself really? yeah in my bedroom i had like a studio set up in there and nice. um and i wrote like 10 songs that i did by myself do you still have that 
I have it somewhere. Oh, um, you need to find that. It's not posted. And, oh, and, I know. I, I was going to say, we can go the vault of yeah, Mr. Silva. Yeah, I never technically finished it. I mean, it, it was, I mean, now it's like, you know, I had no idea what I was doing. Mm. You know, like, I didn't have anything to do it. I mean, I had a, I had a 99 cent drum application on my iPad that, that, and I would make all my drum beats and I would record it into my computer. Okay. And then I would, um, I did the, I did do the guitar and the synth work and all that stuff. And, and, and I, that was like another creative explosion for me. Yeah. And, and I spent so much time doing it. And then like, I kept on just trying to perfect it and redo. And, and that was like, the, that was around the time I started like writing songs where I was singing. Mm. Um, I never really done any singing up until then and it was pretty much because i i mean i i wanted to write music and i i didn't really have the people to do it with yeah. i mean i didn't know people who were trying to do that and probably because i was more isolated because i was stupid <laughs> <laughs> but but i was but i was making myself do it instead and yeah so that was like a big moment and um you know like i said i i i kept on like doing and revising and doing and revising and yeah um kind of was like well it's not good yet and then that's right around the time i met mark shortly after Mm -hmm. and i showed him the stuff um that 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 album was the stuff that i showed paul and then that's when i met mark so so that that album was a part of that Mm -hmm. yeah so college years what was that like and then we'll go into the band and then go from there uh college was more or less the same my first few years i was figuring stuff out and i was still dating that girl i dated her for like four years yeah um and like like i said i think i was still being like limited uh limiting myself via that mm-hmm. and but at the same time still applying myself math massively and in, in in like recording and writing and um so i was just doing a lot of that stuff yeah. i mean that was most of what that whole time was like and i think that's when i started hanging out with tim a lot mm-hmm. we kind of connected at coastal and and he kind of showed me a lot of the music that I think is influenced what I'm up to now, like yeah. that's when I was introduced to a band called Hammock, mm-hmm. um, a two-piece ambient band from Nashville, who's like to this day like probably one of my all-time favorite bands, just nice. point blank. Period. Nice. And um, and that was really cool. Uh, I started making more like electronic music and a little bit more like um, I don't know, just more thoughtful music. Like I, I think that the stuff that we were listening to was was really inspiring and then he and i this kind of goes into the next part of, mm-hmm. of with the good the good fires um was then like me and tim started like teaming up and doing more stuff and, and we occasionally would work with chris humphrey and, and and uh i mean i did stuff with nathan harris who's awesome he's a great musician as well and i was hanging out with tristan at the time tristan walker who, oh, yeah yeah um and he and i actually like fizzled out and didn't talk for a few years until recently we, nice. and we that's reconnected good. in um that's good you know i mean yeah but that's we'll get there too <laughs> um but but yeah so like i was playing music with a bunch more people at this point and um yeah so i started hanging out with tim more and, and one of the cool things that i think was really good for my growth with tim was he and i started doing this thing where he would come over after we got off work and we would try to write a whole song in one sitting okay and I was like, that was the goal. You don't come with any ideas. It's like, let's sit here and work something out. That's actually how Flashback was written from mm-hmm. the first mm-hmm. Good Fires EP. Um, it was like, it actually started because we, I had, my neighbor gave me a drum set. 
and I had mics, so I was like learning to record drums, mm-hmm. which is like a whole there's like a whole art to it, <laughs> and to do it like well. Um, <laughs> I played around with it, and it's, you know, it's all my it, shit sounds like shit. It's weird, but yeah. yeah it's, and, not, it's not easy. And so I had this drum set set up in my. I had like a the closet that I had in that room was pretty big, mm-hmm. so I had it set up in there, and um, and I was like Tim, I don't know, play something summery, <laughs> like play something that sounds like summer. Yeah. Um, and he played the drums for what would become flashback gotcha and like i wrote the guitar part i think um either that night or the next day Mm -hmm. and we started working and then i wrote the lyrics like later that week and then flashback was written like then wow yeah and and that's where a lot of the songs from the first ep started writing you know wildflower uh follow me um actually i think morning sun all that stuff was kind of written around that time and that that was just from us kind of getting together and jamming, because Good Fires was a two piece band. Mm-hmm. Uh, at that point, we weren't Good Fires; we were just Tim and Lane, yeah, goofing around. <laughs> Tim and Lane playing <laughs> yeah. some instruments, yeah. And and we were exploring and stuff like that. And that was like a really cool like time of exploration. We were just kind of like, I mean, we didn't know what we were doing, um, both as we were writing, but also like I don't know how I was recording stuff. I was yeah. just like let's try to do this and like and then we would just try to make it work and that yeah, was yeah. that was the whole thing um and this goes into how we got the name good fires we were it was me tim and our friend nathan harris and i had one of my neighbors was Smokey the bear <laughs> just an aside um and at some point i had talked to him about ecology okay. or, or environmental science or something and and he was, we were talking about like forest fires mm-hmm. and he told me because if you remember that i don't know it's if you don't like uh there's no such thing as a bad like, there's like close so like at one point it was um the, the the whole like outlook was that fires were bad mm-hmm. but we've like as science developed or, or you know studies developed like we realized that like there are healthy wildfires mm-hmm. it's just that you know they had to be actual wild, wildfires and all that kind of stuff yeah. whatever but they had changed their view and the the sign said good fires prevent bad ones okay yeah. Nice. Yeah. Hell yeah. And so he gave me a sign. And so the sign was like, I had a bunch of just like random, you know, shit on my walls. Yeah. And Nathan was like, how about good fires? Nice. And me and Tim were just like, because finding a band snap. name is so hard. <laughs> That's so hard. Um, you can and do so, like a Childish Gambino thing, put it in a generator and like <laughs> come I, out with some weird I, shit. I would be saying, I, we have. Uh, oh, really? Not, I don't know if me and Tim did, but my first band did that. Okay. We what, had some pretty awful shit Do you out. remember any of them? The only one I really remember was Epic Par- Pariah. Epic Pariah. Uh, yeah. And we were like. That's interesting. Like, uh, how about a big old fat no? <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> it somewhere else. Yeah. Like, absolutely not. Um. And so that was when Good Fires, I guess, became Good Fires, and we started playing and writing a lot, and we were two-piece. Good Fires played their first show on a date that I do not recall, but um, <laughs> but but I met a, I met two bands on tour. They were uh, from Massachusetts. It was Great Smokey, and oh no, I could have named <laughs> oh, them any other yes. day of the week. Um, wide-eyed. Wide-eyed, okay. 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 Yeah, and they were coming through town. And we were like, well, they, they had a day off. They had played in Savannah the night before. And I was like, well, let's throw a show. Yeah. So Nathan and his, and Alex James came and we I was their bass player for, yeah, yeah. Um, for uh, Famous Explorers. Okay. At that point, we played. Uh, then Good Fires played, me and Tim. Nice. And then those two bands from Massachusetts played. And that was like really cool. That was a really awesome like thing. I met some really cool people. I, mean, I, I love those people. Yeah. Um, 
they're really nice and it, it was a cool opportunity because um, I was kind of budding into like more creative mm-hmm. uh, the music side of things I guess and it was yeah. cool to like that's my first like real network mm-hmm. of with bands yeah um, and I think at that point me and Tim were like we definitely should get a bass player and we kind of talked about it but I just don't really think we found anybody that we like clicked with because mm-hmm. um, I think I think with good fires we've always kind of done like weirder like less traditional things yeah and i think that with that in mind that we were kind of like we had a hard time picking like a person that was going to match with us yeah um so evidently and i i had had a class with avery at one point but i didn't know him okay but but tim had a bunch of classes with him at this point nice and tim was like there's this guy named avery and he says he plays bass uh want to invite him over yeah and i was like yeah let's i mean sure let's do it we don't have <laughs> any see what happens <laughs> yeah so avery comes over and we like just start going through all of our all of our songs and avery just clicks right in nice yeah i mean a- avery's a really good musician and um he's got a really good ear and mm-hmm. he can just hop into anything yeah and and he just that's exactly what he did he just hopped into all the songs we did nice um and like i think we had a show in like two weeks mm. so we met up a bunch and practiced those songs and then we played our first show in like it was like december 6th nice. or something like that i think it was like the day before his birthday mm-hmm. he turned 21 to uh, he turned something okay he, he turned some sort of age <laughs> so what was the good fires is now a thing what was the process of that first ep um it was in my opinion, I think we went in a little half cocked with it. Um, I was a little wide eyed and didn't quite I, I, too idealistic, perhaps. Yeah. Um, so we went up to Mark's house and tried to record, and we had like nine or ten songs that we wanted to do. Yeah. Um, and we were talking about it. We had like a week or something up there, and I was talking to Mark, and he was like, "Dude, I don't know if you can get like that many songs done. Mm-hmm. Like, you should probably just go forward with like four or five. Yeah. Um. And so we picked the ones we wanted to do. We kind of had an idea because some of the songs were darker tonally and some mm-hmm. of them were brighter. So mm-hmm. we did the brighter ones first. Okay. Um, and Daylight, which is the opening track, we actually like improvised like shortly really? before recording because we Sweet. wanted we wanted like an intro piece to kind of bring yeah, it in. And I love I love Daylight. It's oh really, so, dude? It's so dope. And then the lead in to the second track is just it's so ugh, oh plus. cool. It's I love it. Yeah, I really do. that was like that was a very. Um, in the moment kind of thing because we, we we definitely just wanted something to kind of help bring us into the ep mm-hmm. um and i think i mean so so we started that process it took us like a year to do it um which is like pretty long but i mean we didn't really spend any money on it yeah i mean mark pretty much let us use his whole thing for nothing i mean we paid him a little bit of money just as a courtesy mm-hmm. i mean money that we could he never asked us for anything yeah so any even the money we gave him he was like, if you feel like giving me money, <laughs> like, sure. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. And now, and I, I think part of where I think the album could have been better, because I'm, a, I mean, obviously, like, I'm a little critical of it. Yeah. What do you think of it? What do you um, think of You know, I, I think it's really, I think the songs are really cool. Like, mm-hmm. I think there's some really good ideas. I think the execution of those ideas was poor. Yeah. Um, In and, what way? Um, so? I think some of the performances were, were weak mm-hmm. all around. And, and I think the same thing about some of the production. Mm-hmm. Um, like Mark kind of would help us get going and then was kind of like, it's you. Yeah. And and that's awesome because like, you know, I mean, 
Mark helped me out. Like mm-hmm. it was more of a favor to me right. than like us being like, Mark, you're going to engineer our stuff right. and him being like, definitely. Mm-hmm. Like it was kind of like, he, he, he kind of helped us get started. Um, but a lot of the mixing, I mean, Mark kind of helped point it in the right direction, but, but then like I would kind of take over and do stuff. And I was just really inexperienced, especially yeah. with like working with a full band. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I had always worked with recorded drums like samples yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that were already recorded that are the same every time right working with like a drum set with a drummer who plays it's a different game it's, mm-hmm. you know there's dynamic involved in, mm-hmm. a, in a new way and and i i was just utterly inexperienced in like you know and i think i think at the time i imagined that mark was gonna um spend more time than he did yeah. and i don't mean that as like a negative thing for him mm-hmm. um but just like i mean how much time are you gonna spend on a project that's not early years, you know? Yeah. And, I, and I think to his credit, I think he left it for us because, I don't know, I, I view that as being like one of my first real big challenges. I was going to say, it definitely sounds like you learned from that experience. Yeah, absolutely. Like, how did doing that and kind of not having him take over everything, how did that help you grow so that when you recorded the newest album? Um, I think the biggest thing was there was a moment where I learned how important um, I mean, there's a few things, but I think one of the big ones was how important it is to get good on the front end mm-hmm. of your work, mm-hmm. both your performances and your production, mm-hmm. um, which might sound more obvious than it is. But like, you know, there's a lot that goes into a performance, um, not just playing the parts correctly, but playing them well, yeah. you know, like, you know, especially for drummers, I think it's difficult Um because like how hard you hit a symbol can really make a difference. Mm-hmm. Even if you play it perfectly in time, if you mm-hmm. hit that symbol just too hard, mm-hmm. it, it makes the engineer's job significantly harder to fix. Gotcha. You know? And that's like, and, and there's like, I don't know, like I said, there's, there's a bunch of ways that this can kind of manifest. Cause like, well, you could like, I don't know, do something like record the drums with no symbols and then do a take with the symbols. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, trying to perform, like get it, record it like it's in the room, yeah. like you're performing with a band right, is, right. was kind of our goal. And and um, and I think that that kind of hit me because I was like, oh, I need to engineer around that issue. Mm-hmm. But also like encouraging the three of us to like perform in perform a way that was more conducive to better recording too. Gotcha. Yeah. So it's like a, kind of like a half and half in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know, you can also like try to engineer around it, but there's also a point where it's like, it's on the performer too. Yeah. And that's, that goes for every instrument. That's mm-hmm. not just like, I'm not trying to just single out Tim. Yeah. Um, no, no. Yeah. I, I, um, went to see Arctic monkeys last year Oh wow! and they literally sound like right off the album. And so yeah. hearing this, like it confirms like, Oh, that's like you yeah. record, like you're going to be performing. Oh, absolutely. Or like some people just record to record and, and then they'll figure it out later. Yeah. And, and it's really weird. Cause y- you can see that sort of like, I don't know, y- you can see that process kind of get enacted in different ways. Um, especially cause like, I don't know, there, there's just, I've heard stories of bands that, you know, like I, I, I did know a band that did, um, the thing where they recorded just the drums without any symbols and then mm-hmm. did a take with the symbols. Okay. You know, nothing wrong with that. It, it offers some, I mean, some huge benefits in, in terms of like mixing. Yeah. Um, but kind of strange at the same time because it's like, what a weird way to perform the drums, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, and like, not that that's a bad thing, but, but it's just interesting. Cause like you can put the pieces together however you wish. Yeah. yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And you can still end up with a song mm-hmm. and that's just kind of weird. I mean, not to mention like even the idea of multi-tracking, like whenever Tim recorded his drums, 
I wasn't recording guitar at that time. Right. I would come back later and then, and then do them. Yeah. What a weird idea. I mean, like, <laughs> it, it's kind of trivial now. Yeah. But, like, what a weird idea. Mm-hmm. I was playing the Tim's tracks that he recorded months ago. Yeah. And, um, and now I'm in the future, Wait, like, I mean, like rearranging parts based on that performance. One of the things, this is just a little side note, is I really think about film, like, editing, film editing, sound editing. Like, it's really, like, that is technically our time travel. Because, yeah. like, you record something at one point and then you can play around with it and we can manipulate it like in the simplest form like that that is current day time yeah. travel yeah like, absolutely and i mean just and, to make something bigger than it really is and, and even to take, cool take take that idea just a step farther i mean like when i think of music or, or film that really like t- like resonates and mm-hmm. touches me like that takes me to a place every time yeah no matter where i'm at yeah or no matter like what day it is mm-hmm. like i still go back to somewhere else yeah, yeah. To some other moment in my life yeah and that's kind of amazing. Yeah. Like, that's wild. So in between both of those albums, you scored several movies? Yeah, right around... Short films and feature? Yeah, yeah. Right around then is where I, you know, I was going back to the drawing board with the Good Fire stuff and, and writing ideas. But um, our good friend, Brandon Heron. Hey, <laughs> Brandon Heron. Yeah, he hit me up for Riverview. Okay. Yeah. yeah and I actually yeah. uh, AD'd on that. Yeah. 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 For those um, listening. <laughs> <laughs> he, he texted me one day and he was like, hey, you should score this film. And I was like, I've never done that. He goes, I know. <laughs> I want you to try it. And I was like, yeah. I mean, sure. Yeah. And, and I can't thank him enough for being so inviting about it because like, I didn't know what I was doing, but, but he was really encouraging and and helpful. I mean, mm-hmm. he gave me a bunch of really good references to listen to. Um, and Brandon has constantly spoiled me um, <laughs> as a composer because he, he's very organized and articulate with what he wants. Yeah. And, and he knows how to describe what he wants and doesn't want. And he's, he's always just polite. You know, he's just nice to work with. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, I, it's literally a pleasure. So yeah, it is a pleasure. I've worked several short films with him. I was extra in one, AD that one. And then I did something else with him on another project. Oh, yeah. like every time, like he's such a true like professional, like a friendly professional. Oh, oh yeah. So it's such a pleasure. Yeah, and and it doesn't matter how like experienced or inexperienced you are. Like mm-hmm. he, he's really encouraging, and um, and you can ask him anything, and he'll yeah. and he'll help you with what he knows. Yeah, I didn't know half the shit I was doing. Yeah, I was like yeah. eighteen, yeah, running around here being like. So what I do? I did that film first, and that film opened up doors. Yeah. Because the next film I worked on was a forty-eight hour film contest. Mm. Because he got added on as an editor, and the people who added him were like, who did that music? And he was like, oh, this dude Lane in Atlanta. And they're like, does Lane want to work with us? Nice. And he was like, Lane does. <laughs> uh, and, and that's how I met all those people. Okay. And then, um, and I still keep up with most of them, you know, for the most part. Sweet. Um, but, but doing that film opened up the next three that I did. Mm-hmm. Um, one girl recommended me to a SCAD student. So my third film was a SCAD student film. Um, I did a film called Stranded with a guy named Aaron Barnett, and uh, Brandon actually was an actor in that one. Nice. Um, and the lead actor was Corey Hollinger, who I met on the first 48 Hour. Okay. Um, and then I did a few, I did like another 48 Hour film contest with the same group, um, plus or minus some people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm trying to think. That was all, I think, all from that group gotcha. at the time. Uh no, I did two 48 hours with them after okay. that. I'm sorry. Sweet, sweet, sweet. Yeah, but but I think I worked on a handful of other things between here and there. Yeah. Um, but uh, the Stranded one was really cool. I I won two awards on that one. Um, 
I did sound design and because right. there wasn't really any sound design for the film, so I made my score with sort of implications of this gotcha. of the sound design. It was mm-hmm. on a beach, so I kind of added in some sounds that sounded like wind and stuff. Okay, but it was actually part of the score. Nice. So it was kind of cool. Got like a sound like a a sound design yeah, thing absolutely. on top of the score, which yeah. is cool. Um, and that's f- I was really really excited. I mean, um, I think Aaron and and Corey did a really great job with that film, mm-hmm. and they've actually won several awards. Nice. Um, on the film itself. That's what's up. Yeah, I mean, like, like, yeah, I was really, I was really excited about that one. Um, yeah, and that was like, that was really a challenging one. Mm. Like, it was just very different. And, yeah. And the film has no dialogue. Oh, uh, this all. is the one you were telling me about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was hard because, like, watch if you're watch a silent anything, it feels long. <laughs> it's like a nine minute film with nothing in yeah. it until the very last scene. There's, uh, there's some sound design that was uh, of him on the plane. Okay. The last scene, but, but, um. And I think that like the director was kind of like, dude, it just feels like nothing happens. Mm. And it was, I think, I think the key was the music. Yeah. Because without the music, it just felt like an eternity. <laughs> I mean, he had these really long, dramatic shots. Mm. I mean, there's, there's like, honest to God, um, I think some of my favorite shots in cinema history, for, yeah. or at least like from mine, yeah, at yeah. least, yeah, yeah. in that movie. Oh, nice. Um, and it was like they were filming during like a hurricane on Tybee. So like, oh my god, that sounds beautiful. Oh, dude, there's like this scene. I'll, I'll have to show it to you. Yeah, um, I need but to there's see like this. a shot where Corey's standing and they're kind of filming like down, mm-hmm. like onto him. Yeah. Um, and you can just see the sand blowing in rows. Oh my god! Behind him, that's what's up. And it's like it looks like something out of like a science fiction book. Have you seen? Was it you that showed me the? Um, it was a short film where they used the eclipse. Where they they literally no, shot around the eclipse. That's cool. It's really freaking cool. That's they really literally cool. had to like get all the time, get all the timing, everything perfect to shoot with the eclipse. Oh my god! And it's like a one. It's almost a one shot, uh, and uh, it's really good. I'll show it to you. It's oh really really god. good. I think Matt may have showed it to me. That's wild. Yeah. Um. So this year you got married. Congratulations. Twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen is the wildest year of my life. Why, sir? Um. What has happened this year well, aside from the album and your marriage? Give us a little bit of all that. Well, the, the, the yeah. Um, <laughs> so besides getting married, I just found out I'm having a kid. Yes, you did. Yeah. Yes, you um, did. We thought it was a son. Okay. And we found out it's actually a daughter. What, what? Yeah. We, we, we did a two genetic tests and the first one said that it was a boy. Okay. So we thought we were having a boy for like a month. Nice. And then uh, they were <laughs> like, they were like, JK. I'm like, ah. <laughs> um, so we're actually having a little girl and, um. Yeah, so that's been a huge one. I mean, that's yeah. been such a huge. What is that feeling like of learning you're becoming a father? And then I want to hear the difference between knowing it's a boy and then finding out, oh, psych, you it's know, a girl. Um, it's an amazing feeling. Uh, and don't get me wrong. At first, it's overwhelming, but but I don't mean overwhelming in the way that maybe it's easy to use that word. Mm-hmm. But but there's just sort of that moment where like the gravity of it of that hits you and like or the way that it hit me yeah and I was like whoa like I'm someone's dad <laughs> like that's a thing like I'm someone's father yeah and I think of all the stupid shit <laughs> that I've ever done or said and I'm like that is someone's dad <laughs> and I'm like that poor child <laughs> um but but you know um but there's sort of that moment where like I don't know I mean. The, it's it, it was weird because I've never experienced that many feelings with that intensity. Mm-hmm. Like I felt so many feelings all at once and yeah. so strongly um, when I found out that we yeah. were in it. Um, 
and it was kind of like amazing. Like it, I would say it's kind of like an awe striking thing. Yeah. Um, cause you know, you're, you're kind of scared. You're like, I don't even know what I'm doing. Like I'm, I, I struggle to keep my pants on. Like <laughs> I can't give them up and like, I can't tie my shoes. Like, yeah. um, like what am I supposed to do with this other being? Yeah. <laughs> like, and and I'm I like, and I'm it? like, I like, I forget what I ate for breakfast and, and I'm supposed to like care for like another thing. Yeah. Um, that's not me. And, and like, and I'm not even good at taking care of myself. Right. And like that kind of thing. Um, but but there was kind of a, you know, but there, there's that, but there's also this, like, intense excitement where you're like, oh, my God, like, we created a human. Yeah. Weird. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and also, like, the, you know, the, one of the other ones that struck me is, like, not only did we create a human, but it's in your belly. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, It's, like, right there. Yeah. This is weird. I mean, like, like this, this week was the week that she's developed ears and can like hear oh wow like she like uh, she could sense vibrations for mm. a while but like i can show her music nice now are you doing that yes i'm, what cu- I'm, I'm curating um <laughs> what music are you introducing to your little one um i haven't done a lot yet um but but a lot of bone of bear <laughs> nice nice <laughs> and, but but also some mozart i'm okay. actually talking with mark um again thanks mark um <laughs> I'm trying to kind of curate some really good, like classical and orchestral nice. stuff. Um, nice. I do want to expose my child to that. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. There's evidently been some studies about like that, and and like I guess helping them with, um, I guess I don't know, like for just just the shorthand, I guess makes them smarter yeah nice. <laughs> helps them be better at stuff <laughs> yeah just, my kill be better that's but, one of the things i i'm excited about like having a kid is just been, like making them better than yeah everybody else's kid yeah, right because i'm like fuck your kids yeah yeah <laughs> so, so i, <laughs> so I, I, I want to show her um cool music and and um i don't know like i want to expose her to i don't know i feel like i wasn't exposed to a lot of music growing mm-hmm. up i mean i definitely was but like I guess I'm more artistically interested than my family was. Yeah. So like yeah, I really yeah. want to show her like the art of music yeah. and show her music artistically. Yeah. Um, not just because it has a cool beat or something, mm-hmm. which is nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Um, but but just you know that's what like, I want to do. Where's the talent within it? Yeah. Like, and and I I really want to to do that. Yes. I, I don't know why. And I'm still figuring that out, which yeah. is cool. But yeah, she's not here yet. She's yeah. on her way. She's still picking. <laughs> yeah. We're like we're like almost halfway there. I was like, what does she do? On my birthday. Oh, what? May oh, ni- my gosh. Yeah, That's May, wild. May 19th. <laughs> That's wild. Yeah, it's wild. Um, what else has been going on this year that makes it such a um, transitional year? Well, um, the first six months were spent on Everyone You Love Will Be There. Mm-hmm. We did a 14-day tour mm-hmm. where we were promoting that. Um, after I got back from the 14-day tour, um, shortly after, I started getting back into school my mm-hmm. last semester. I graduate in a few weeks. Congratulations. Thank you. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. Um, then I moved. We moved. We got yeah. a bigger apartment in the same place. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the night we finished moving, we found out we're having a baby. Hell yeah. Like a week after that, I got accepted for an internship at Third Rail Studios that mm-hmm. I just concluded. Hell yeah. Congratulations. Um, yeah. So like all of that all at once. Yeah. I mean, it was just like boom, 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 yeah. boom, boom. Uh, you know, and yeah, it was a lot. I mean, yeah. it was like, man, it. When it rains, it pours, you know? Yeah. It's just I, tons of things all at once, always. Everyone's talking about how, like, it's the end of the decade and we're going to the next decade and, like, hearing all that be the bookend to your decade, which is very much the 
prologue to the next yeah like everything i can even life. think about that that's crazy. what is uh, so now that i put that in your head like what is that kind of what are some of the things you're hoping for in the future you know um i i feel really good about what's going on you know um this year's been really challenging it's been the hardest year of my life mm-hmm. um just just in terms of like things that have been thrown at me and then trying to like handle them and and you know trying to step it up to be like better yeah. than than I was um and it's been really cool cuz like I feel I feel really good about all of those things even the things that I didn't do my best at like yeah. I'm like you know like I learned I took the hit and <laughs> and yeah I keep rolling and mm-hmm. um and I feel like uh looking at the big picture of what I hope my life ends up being that I'm in a really good place with that like that internship at Third Rail Studios um really helped me bring focus to what I wanted to do career-wise. Because, yeah. um, you know, I've been teaching privately uh, music lessons for a few years, and, and I have like, technically my own business, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, long-term, I don't know if that's really, like, super sustainable or, like, if that's really what I want to do, like, forever. Yeah. Um, and and so for a while, I've kind of been like, I don't know what I'm doing. Duh. Yeah. Uh, stuff, I guess. And, and <laughs> like, and trying to get around that. Um but but this this internship really brought focus to that because I got to kind of I guess I got to really see that working in something like the film industry isn't really like this crazy like pipe dream. Yeah. You know, I think growing up where I did when I did, mm-hmm. it's like the idea of having a job that's like creative but sustainable mm-hmm. and, and and can provide for a family. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of like yeah, if you're lucky and you're really good. Yeah. One of the things I'm super blessed and I always tell people is like once I moved up to Atlanta, it was amazing to see all of the creative people that have like I don't believe in the starving artist anymore. Like because I've met people and I work with people and like I get mentored by people that are living that creative yeah. life and getting paid for it and are able to sustain families and businesses and so forth. Yeah. So to be exposed to that here in Atlanta. It's been such a godsend. Absolutely. And I, I totally, totally second that. I mm-hmm. feel like I've experienced that myself. And, and that's one thing the internship kind of did. And I got to meet people who were working um, in the industry, in the industries I was interested in, like um, sound yeah. and, and during production. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like for the first time like in my life, instead of trying to figure out what I want to do, I'm trying to figure out how to get there. Yeah. Because I know what I want to do. Nice. And I'm just trying to devise the plan. Yeah. Because I have you here, okay. and I love our conversations, is there anything you want to throw at me so that we can have our little, like, huh. little anything? Mm. I don't have anything off the top of my head right now. Do you, do you have anything that you want to hit me with? I don't know. I don't know. It's God, been a minute. Just life in yeah. general, I feel like. Oh, most of it's been about life. Yeah. Um, We've both kind of been going through changes and stuff. Growing, I guess, this year... I guess being in a relationship for me yeah. has been like a huge thing because I've realized how much more like my father I am, and, <laughs> which is not not necessarily a bad thing. No, no, no. Uh, but and also, but you see it now. I do, and it's weird because yeah. I always saw myself as like my mom. Yeah, and so now in a relationship, I'm like Lee will say something, be like, hmm, okay. and I'm like, <laughs> so like my dad, and like I, even to the point like because I always say like my dad's cheap. He always cheap. Leave like you want to go out to dinner. I'm like, I mean, I got some chicken baked in the <laughs> kitchen. <laughs> like, we need some chicken. <laughs> so like, that's been really cool to see 
my dad and myself, but to see where I can be better than him in areas and to see where I can be better than my mom in areas. So that's been really cool. Just learning how to take on someone else. Like, it's not just you learning how to live that, like, oh, I can't just do this tonight because, like, I'll be out until three in the morning and then this person's waiting on me just to check in on me because they care about me and, like, damn. Like, yeah, it's it's a different way. Yeah, it yeah, I get that. And being someone that like I used to go out like all the freaking time. Yeah. Like I go all the time, I drink all the time. Like even before I started dating, I stopped drinking as much. I feel like this year's been a lot of like calm the fuck down. Yeah. <laughs> like and I remember before I moved up here, one of my friends, uh my mentor actually, he used to just be like, Jeremiah, calm the fuck down. Just like calm down. Because I was always like, ah, I gotta do the next thing. What's the next thing? And I feel like I did when I got up here. Yeah. And then I also like got real wild. Cause, I'm, like, I'm a busybody too, man. Yeah. It's like rough. learning how to find that balance between getting your work done and being able to be there for that person. Yeah. And being able to have your own like space. It's a. It's not. I've been able to manage it from being a juggling act. Mm-hmm. I've not done as good as I can in terms of like my social aspect of being with other people, but learning how to incorporate that, acknowledging it, like, okay, cool, like yeah. it's been me and my girl all the time. I struggle with that Let too. Me figure that out and like kind of get that going. I get that. I feel that just from like I don't know. Like I feel like I kind of get like a sense of like fatigue because yeah. I'm kind of always doing like stuff. Yeah. Like, I mean, like I don't know. Like it, it's rare that I have nothing to do for the mm-hmm. evening. Um, it's always something. And, and if I usually don't, then it's like, okay, well, let's work on writing. Yeah. You know, or yeah. something like that. And, you know, or like a date night. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like, it. even with like relationships with friends and people. Yeah. Like, I'm seeing, so bad. Like, I've just seen how much like people from my past that have like kind of detached. I've kind of detached from them and they've yeah. detached from me. And like, just the way friendships have like rearranged itself. I like, I really I, I feel like I really came to grips with that this year. You know, like I have several um I don't know, just like friends that I grew away from and and it was kind of it's really interesting cuz I feel like you know I think especially like going through my wedding was like a time of reflection for me. Mm. Um not because I was like preparing for the end or anything like that. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but but like you know, I mean, you can only invite so many people to your wedding. Yeah. Because, um, you know, I I like to think that I'm friends with, like, everybody. You know a lot of people. Yeah, and I do. Dude, our, <laughs> you just, know a lot of Just people. between our two families, yeah. there's, like, over 100 people. Oh, wow. And I was like, that's all, you know. <laughs> um, but, but, like, I don't know. Like, I looked at the people I had as groomsmen, and, um, and I was like, wow, like, these are people that I consider to be, like, my closest friends. Mm-hmm. Um or amongst them, obviously. You yeah. Know, I, had, I, I had 10. I could have I had 10 more. Nice. Uh, no, but... Uh, <laughs> um, but, but like, I don't know. I, I spent a lot of time kind of thinking about, like, who who came and who didn't. And, and I don't know. It was kind of a moment where it was like, wow, like, the people that have really stuck around in my life over these years have stuck around. Yeah. And, like, that's kind of a mutual thing. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I mean, I have friends that were up there with me who... I don't call all the time, but like, but it's for some reason or for for one reason or another, we, we managed to catch up every now and again yeah. because I'll text them or they'll text me and yeah, like, yeah. you know, and, and I just think that's a really cool thing. And I think at one point I used to hold myself more accountable for why friendships fizzled. Mm-hmm. But I think I realized that like, it's, it's, it's up to the two of you. Yeah. You and know? that's the thing that I've definitely 
grown accustomed to because towards the beginning of the year I started reaching out to like two or three friends I'd like every couple of weeks I'm make sure I like yeah. call you and all that stuff and then like it wasn't reciprocated and it wasn't out of like oh fuck you dude it wasn't anything like that yeah, it was yeah. just life and different and it was relationships that I realized I was trying to hold on to yeah um, and not that we look down on each other in any, any type of way. It's just like... But you're just different people. Different, different people, things. yeah. And like we've grown up and yeah. like not necessarily grown up, not to say that people are childish, but like we are in different pace, different places in life. Yeah, yeah. And like and it I, doesn't always function like that. I think that's I think that's exactly how I feel too um, about stuff like that. And and like it's hard because I don't know. When you talk about that sort of thing, it's it's really easy, I think, to give off the impression that you... Um, that you... I don't know, maybe like don't value someone as much or like mm-hmm. down upon it. And it's like, it's not like that. It's yeah. just, you know, things, things change. Yeah. And I don't know, you only have so much bandwidth. Yeah. You know, especially like, I mean, you're, you're busy, you yeah. do things a lot. And it's like, it's not that I don't love the people that I don't call, or mm-hmm. it's not that I don't love the people that I don't have a hard, or, yeah, yeah, don't call. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but like, I mean, it's just, I, I'm trying to be my own person, and that's yeah. pretty hard. It's not yeah. that I don't love you. Yeah. Like, and that's one of the things I've seen, too, this year is, like, there's been some relationships where I'm like, I can't consistently put myself in that. Because it's not that it's negative, but it's, I know I'm very impressionable. Yeah. Because I'm always trying to get help from everybody and trying to hear things. So I, like, have the best perspective, quote, unquote. And, like, yeah, <laughs> like, the best friend to see, like, what's the best option. But, like, and I remove myself from it mm-hmm. when it's, like, my life and my decisions. And so Ooh. I'm having to learn how to, like, own that and just be, like, you can't always run to everybody for input. Yeah. And, like, yes, you do have people that you do go to for input for a lot of times. But sometimes you are going to have to be, like. Call shots. Okay. I know what I'm feeling. And I know what yeah. I'm being led. And I've just got to take Dude. it. Huge, huge. I, I, we're we're living, we're living a lot of the same shit, man. Yeah. Um, That's I, I I went through a lot of that with different things, like you know, be it the wedding, um, be it like the kid, Mm -hmm. because like that's one thing that's happening right now with like us having a kid in question, and like you get a lot of like advice, Mm, um, yeah, whether it was solicited or not, (laughs) Um, which is cool. But like, there's a certain moments, like, hey, like that's cool, but I'm gonna live my life this way. Yeah, and that's really cool that you have this opinion about this other thing, but like, it's not, but, but that's not what I want to yeah, do, yeah. you know? And, um, I don't know. It's, I feel like maybe this is what like becoming like an adult or maybe uh, adults wrong word, but like your own person yeah. is really all about is, yeah. is, um, not, not never needing anybody. Yeah. But realizing how much, you, how much you, how much you need yourself. Yeah. And how much you need and, to, like, trust yourself. Yeah, and, and being able to trust yourself when it counts, yeah. you know, especially for things that count yeah. for you, yeah. you know. Um, but, yeah. Now, Lane, comes a part of the episode where our previous guests ask you a question. Whoa, that's cool. Yeah, it's super fun. Dang, dang, it's super dang. great. Would you like to know who our previous guest was? Yeah, who was it? I'm not going to tell you because uh, our listeners don't know unless they've been following along. And if you would like to know, go back to the last episode and listen to that episode. <laughs> and then come back and listen to Lane answer the question. Damn. Lane, are you ready for this question? Hit me. So our question from our previous guest for you is, if you could change one thing in your life... What would it be? One thing. What would that thing be? Hmm. Um. I wouldn't change anything. 
Yeah. Um, I think that everything that happens has led me to where I am and, and I'm grateful. There's been good. There's been bad, but, but I feel like I'm, I'm who I am because of it. And that's one of the things we kind of talked about after she asked the question was like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm pretty sure I can find like one thing, but I'd find something that's super minuscule that I don't think would affect like all of the other choices and things that have affected me in life. Yeah. There's, I mean, like, there's definitely things that come to mind, but, yeah. but I, but if I had the opportunity, I wouldn't. Yeah. You know? Nice. So yeah, I, yeah, I'd take it on the chin. Hell yeah. Lane, what is your question for our next guest? Uh, <laughs> um, so my question for the next guest would be, um, if there's a, mm, out of all the days of your life, what's the one that you think has impacted you the most, for better or worse? Dang, that's really good. Because I can think of multiple days. <laughs> yeah. Dang. You had to pick one, though. Just one. For me, it'd probably be my birth. <laughs> for better. Okay, minus and that one. Worse. Minus that one. You can't say birth. <laughs> Nice. Awesomeness. Yeah. That'll be cool. Yeah. That'll no, be cool. no birth, though. All right. No yeah. birth. No yeah. birth. Lane, thank you so much for being on Perspectives. Thanks for having me, bro. You're one of my favorite people. This has been awesome. Same. I feel like every time we talk, we like, we're like on the same page, but we haven't talked about but it. But we haven't talked about like, it. We, yeah. like, we refused to speak before this podcast. Yeah, we did. So I called him, what, Tuesday? <laughs> Monday yeah, or Tuesday yeah. night? And I was like, we talked for like maybe three minutes. And then I was like, we can talk for like another hour, but like, let's save for the podcast. Yeah, yeah. And so I don't know what this is going to be cut down to, but currently we're at an hour and 40 minutes. Yeah. So I might cut it down to an hour. I don't know. We'll see. Because hey. we'll see what happens. Um, but as always, you can find me, Jeremiah, on Instagram at parkour geek and that is p-a-r-k-o-u-r-g-3-3-k you can find me on youtube at a tokens take a t-o-k-e-n apostrophe s-t-a-k-e you can find me on facebook at jeremiah stevenson but if i don't know you i'm not gonna fucking add you lane what would you like to plug uh as we close out um uh if if you do want to follow me and and see uh what i do i i do post um some of my music stuff on um, instagram some of the movies and stuff i work on um, my Instagram tag is obnoxious. Um, no, that's not the tag. <laughs> Skip that. <laughs> uh, my Instagram tag is... <sighs> it's dumb. No, It's not dumb. All it's right. not dumb. It's it's unique to you. Okay. It's you. My Instagram tag is J-H-N-L-N-S-L-V. Which is... John Lane Silva with no vowels. Who is... You. It's me. It's me. <laughs> me. Yeah. Um... <laughs> If you're interested in checking out some of the music I've worked on, um, you can check out Good Fires on Spotify or Apple Music or Amazon. And Google um, Play, bitch. Oh, and Google Play. And Google Play. For, so just for Jeremiah and the one other person that listens to it. Fuck you, Google. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even say, hey, Google. Continue, sorry. Uh, <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> How rude. You kidding me? Where get your Android in line, bro? Jesus. Um, <laughs> cool, cool background. Thank you. Um. Um. Yeah, but um, you can check out Good Fires on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Play, um, and Bandcamp and stuff like that. Um, our most recent release was Everyone You Love Will Be There, and please check it out. Thanks. Yeah. Lane, again, thank you, um, everybody else. Be love, be life, be. Be love, be life, be.